0: Welcome to B2B Writing Success, the podcast on building a thriving business as a business-to-business writer or copywriter. B2B Writing Success is brought to you by American Writers and Artists, Inc. Now here's your host, copywriting expert and business coach, Steve White. Hello, fellow B2B writers and copywriters. I hope you had a great week with your business. This week I want to talk about the topic of scope creep. And Let me start by uh, sharing a story with you that happened to me a few years ago. And I admit, a similar story has repeated itself many times in my career. And uh, just let me give you the details. Uh, A few years ago, I was asked to write a uh, brochure for a consulting firm. And uh, they were changing their consulting program, their consulting service. So they were in the middle of a rebranding, reorganizing of how they work. And they wanted a new uh, brochure that describes their consulting services in a persuasive way. So this was like a four-panel brochure. And I quoted the job like any brochure, and I hoped that it would have went the normal way brochures go. I gather the information, I write the copy, we have some back and forth, and then we're done. Not in this case. In this case, uh, first of all, I didn't realize that this consulting firm were a little unsure of who they were and what they offered. They needed help with... uh, thinking through and brainstorming their key messages, their brand messages. They weren't really sure who they were and what they needed to say. So I had to work with them to get that information, to kind of work out their key messages and their branding statements throughout this brochure. So that added actually a few hours to the project. And then guess what? They wanted a lot of revisions. There was a lot of back and forth because because they were in flux, because they were in between kind of who they were before and what they wanted to become. They were a little unsure how to describe themselves. So every time I sent them a draft, they said, yeah, this sounds good, but we're actually thinking we're more like this. And our programs uh, have these benefits, not quite that these benefits. And it just went back and forth. And also they wanted a lot more meetings. They wanted a couple of live meetings. And then when they hired a graphic designer to design the brochure, they wanted both of us at the meeting to discuss design. Even though I was the copywriter, they wanted my input. So this project ended up taking twice as long as I expected it to take, and of course, much longer than I had quoted for. Um, this is a classic example of scope creep. <laughs> scope creep is a term used in the creative industry to describe just what I described to you a project that takes much longer or becomes much bigger than uh, you originally planned. Okay, Uh, for Scope Creep, examples of Scope Creep, the project could become bigger than you planned. It could be um, a website project that started off as six pages turned into 12 pages, or it could be a change in the project like happened with my uh, brochure project for the consulting firm. It still remained a four-page brochure, so That part of the project never became bigger. What became bigger was the work involved. The project changed significantly. The key messages changed midway through, and I had to make a lot of adjustments, and that took a lot of extra time. Uh, Scope creep could also involve how many meetings that you plan for a project. You may have planned to just have one meeting with the client. Let's say it's an in-person meeting with a local client, And ended up being more meetings than you had planned. Meetings can take a lot of time, especially if they're live meetings. I remember, again, many years ago, uh, an ad that I was writing for a company, just a short ad. They were across town, and I had to meet with them across town, which is like nearly a one-hour drive, in order to, uh, to discuss the initial ad copy. And then once I wrote a draft, I actually had to drive across town again for a second meeting that I didn't anticipate. Okay, that added a lot of hours to this simple ad writing project. And Scope Creep can also involve um, more extras than you expected. You know, you may have been hired to write a series of blog posts, for example, and part of your service may be to find an image or a graphic or a picture that goes with each blog post. That's pretty common with blog projects. And then you realize that the client is really picky about images and they want to go back and forth and and look at different images and they're really picky about the images they have in their blog post and you realize that aspect of the job, um, that extra that you've thrown in that you didn't think would take you much time, takes a lot of time. So there's many different ways that a project can creep and get bigger on you and take longer than you originally planned and quoted for. Okay, and this puts you in an awkward position, doesn't it? I mean, it puts you in a position where the project is costing you time and money. Okay, You're making less money per hour on the project because it's taking so much longer. You're taking much more time on the project that you could, be, um, you could be using on another project or another aspect of your business. Or worse, you could be fully booked and you only allocated 10 hours to a project. If it becomes 30 hours, then that puts pressure on you with your other projects and you can see what happens. And also it puts you in an awkward position because y- you don't want a negative confrontation with your client. You don't. You're you're left with that awkward situation where you may have to discuss the scope creep with your client and let them know that this isn't what you uh, signed up for. This isn't what you quoted. And you don't want to. Uh, you you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're having an uncomfortable. A conversation with the client or disappointing the client or maybe losing the client. This client could be otherwise a great client, but you may risk or may be afraid to risk losing them because, because you're going to talk to them about the project being bigger than expected. So there's there's a lot of awkwardness around uh, scope creep. So how do you prevent this from happening? Well, let me give you uh, some tips on how to do that. But before I do, it's important to know the uh, symptoms of scope creep, to know the signs that it may happen. Uh, so you kind of, you can think of it as a disease, that, and there are symptoms, okay? So when you're talking to a client about a project, there are certain red flags that come up. Like probably red flags is, is a better analogy than symptoms, but there are red flags that you can spot to let you know that here's a project that may. A creep the scope may creep and get larger than expected. So first of all One red flag is that it's a complicated project with many parts websites a brand new website can be uh, can be a complicated project because it has many parts to it It has a home page the inside page a lot of different pages Plus there's design involved and coding you're not involved in that, but still that's part of the big project It's a complicated project for your client uh, they may not be able to nail down exactly what they need from you at the very start of the project. So that kind of project is prone to scope creep. So be careful uh, when it comes to complicated pro- uh, projects with many parts. Uh, if you're quoting on a project like that, just be wary that this is a kind of project that may creep on you and you want to prepare for that. Another red flag to look for is a large approval team okay you may be hired by the marketing director but because of the project is high profile it's a it's a website it's a rebranding brochure it's a uh, white paper something that's high profile there may be a lot of other people at the company that want to put in their two cents okay that want to approve uh, the VP of marketing the CEO the sales manager there may be a lot of people that have input. And if you're working on a project like that, where there's a lot of people involved and a lot of people need to approve, then uh, that kind of project is prone to uh, scope creep because they're all going to have different opinions, and uh, you know the the revision process may be a lot longer than you anticipated. You could, you could write the project in 20 hours but end up with 30 hours of revisions because there's so many people on the appro- the approval team. So that's a red flag. Watch out for that. Another one is uh, you're working with a client who's not clear on what he or she wants. Okay, that was my uh, situation with the brochure project with the consulting firm is that they weren't 100% clear on what their branding and messaging was going to be, okay? And so they kept changing their mind throughout the project, and that added hours to the project because there was a lot of revisions and back-and-forths and meetings. So if a client is not clear on what he or she wants, then that's a red flag. That, that is a definite red flag. The project is probably going to creep and, be, and become longer than you anticipated, and you need to uh, address that up front. You may need to work that into your quote. Okay, another red flag is that if it's a new product or a rebranding of an old product or service. If it's a new product or a rebranding, then again, because it's something new, the client may not be absolutely certain as, as to what that new product's features and benefits are. They're just working that out. So that you may be involved in that process, and you may need to budget extra time because the client's going to want some help from you with figuring out the features and benefits of that new product or the rebranded product. So watch out for projects that involve new products or rebrands. Another red flag is that the client has no clear project brief or creative brief. If they want you to write a website and they don't have anything written down about the project, they don't have... Uh, Uh, a project plan, a creative brief. If they haven't strategized and thought it through in advance, then you're going to have to do some of that work with them uh, to nail down the specifics. And that's going to take extra time. So watch out for clients that don't have a project brief or a creative brief. Nothing wrong with that. You just have to be prepared for that. It's going to take longer than if they had a Detailed project brief or creative brief that clearly spells out the project and the key messages and so forth. And finally, here's a big red flag: is be careful with clients who uh, look at freelancers as cheap labor. Okay, there are clients out there that think of freelancers as a cheap source of work, as a cheap source of labor. You shouldn't work with those clients anyway, but Let's face it. In growing our businesses, you know, uh, we sometimes have to take on projects that are less than ideal, working with clients that are less than perfect, in order to uh, in order to get the work and make some money. I mean, that happens. So if you're working with a client who kind of looks at freelancers as a as a as a cheap source of creative work, be careful because they'll they'll tend to put they'll they'll tend to creep. project scope out without even telling you, without even asking you. They'll just assume you'll do the extra work, and you got to watch out for that. Okay, so those are the symptoms of uh, of scope creep. Those are the red flags that you need to watch out for. Now, what do you do about it? How do you handle this? Okay, when you see those red flags, what do you do? Well, let me give you some uh, three tips on what to do. Number one is you need to be uh, be very clear when you're talking with your client. Be very clear what the project is and what you'll deliver in your proposal or agreement. So when you're when you're submitting your proposal or you're submitting your agreement, or even if it's something as informal as a back and forth email where you're where you're discussing the project, be very very specific as what the project is and what you're going to deliver. So if it's a website, be very specific about the number of pages the approximate length, the word count for each page. Be very specific about the number of project meetings that you'll have. This is especially important if it's a local client and they expect to meet with you in person. Be very specific about that. I remember years ago, um, live meetings were so time-consuming for me that I actually charged extra for that. Okay, I actually told clients that if you want to meet with me live, I, I will quote the project as, as, a, as a fixed project price, but live meetings are extra. Let's, let's uh, meet online or on the phone. Most clients uh, agreed with that, didn't have a problem with that. Also, you want to, in your proposal or agreement, you want to find out who makes the final decision regarding the content, the direction, the approval of, of the project. If there are a lot of people at the client's company that need to approve it, who's the go-to person? Who makes the final decision? Who decides? Okay, you want to find that out. That's probably going to be your client, but it may not be. Okay, if there's someone else that has uh, that reviews it and has final approval, then find that out. Okay, because uh, that, that's that's gonna that's gonna help you uh, figure out uh, and, and anticipate how much revision may be involved. Okay, so be very specific on what you're going to do for the project in your proposal or agreement. Tip number two, and this relates to tip number one, don't leave anything vague or open-ended. Okay, When you're you're writing down in your proposal or agreement what you're going to do for the project, exactly what you're going to write and how long it's going to be and where you're going to get the information and how many meetings are going to be involved, don't leave anything else vague or open-ended. Don't say that you'll do two rounds of revisions and that's it. Say you'll do two rounds of revisions so long as they're assigned within 30 days and not based on a change in the original project scope or creative direction. I mean, be that specific. Okay. I, one time, many years ago, wrote a brochure for an independent consultant, and he came back to me six months later, six months later, wanting revisions. I said, are you kidding me? Actually, I didn't say that exactly, but... He said, well, in your proposal, you said that you'll do two rounds of revisions. I remember we only did one, so I have another round of revisions coming to me. Okay. So I ended up doing it, but I changed my proposal from then on. So you want to be very specific. And if your project has an uh, an advice component to it, for example, if you're going to write a client's blog, but also you're going to advise them on SEO, on blog topics, on how to structure the blog, you know, that kind of thing. If there's inv- advice involved, um, then, you know, you want to be very clear on how much, uh, to what extent you'll be advising your client. You might say that if you're, uh, you might say two hours that your, that your uh, project fee for writing the website includes two hours of strategizing and brainstorming and planning with your client. OK, or it incl- for a blog writing project, it includes uh, two hours of uh, planning topics for the blog, going back and forth, nailing down a topic plan for three months. I mean, be very, be very, very specific if you have an advice component. Otherwise, that can run away on you and the client can come back to you again and again with advice and wanting plans and strategizing meetings and things of this nature. So you want to you don't want to leave anything vague or open ended. And tip number three, and this is a tip that has saved me uh, a lot uh, over, re- over the years from uh, uh, the perils of scope creep, and that is you wanna submit a page of copy early in the process. For example, let's say you're writing a website, and it's a big website, it's a 20-page website, okay? Now, can you imagine writing all 20 pages, submitting those pages, And only then finding out that you were off target, that the client didn't like your writing style, that they didn't like any of it, what a nightmare. So what you want to do, especially with projects that are are longer projects, is you want to submit some of your copy early on. For a website, you want to submit one page early on. I I usually submit the home page or an inside product page. But submit one page early on, Let the client review it so they get a sense of your writing style, your approach. And so you're on the same page with how the rest of the project is going to be written. Okay. And what the key messages are going to be like. That way, if there's any problems, you're only dealing with one page. Okay. It's, it's, uh, if you're off target, it's only one page. It's not 20 pages of a website. So submit a page of copy early in the process. A lot of copywriters think if they submit an outline of some kind early in the process, that will save them. Usually not. You, you know, I've had situations where I've submitted uh, outlines for websites and then realized when I was writing the website that, you know, the client wasn't 100% happy with the approach. So outlines are handy, but they're not going to save you. Uh, submitting a sample page will because the client gets in, gets a, a sense right away of what the rest of the project is going to look like from a copywriting standpoint. And they can say, yes, this is what we want. And then you can move ahead with confidence without worrying about getting into a situation where you got to do a lot of revisions later on. Now, some of you are asking, okay, these are great tips, Steve, for preventing scope creep. But what happens when scope creep happens? What happens if I've written a website and it's, you know, the client's adding more pages, there's more meetings, more revisions. It's become a much bigger, much longer project than I anticipated. What do I do then? Okay. Well, here's what I do. And I can only share with you what I do in a situation like this. If it's minor, if the client, if I'm writing a website and the client just wants one page, then frankly, I'll just let it go. I'll just write the one page. Or if a brochure goes from a two, uh, four-pager to a six-pager, honestly, that's not that big a deal. I'll do it, okay? If a client wants a uh, blog article a little bit longer, more detailed, fine. Okay, so if it's relatively minor, it's a good client, I just, I just let it go, okay? But if it's something major, if a website has gone from a six-pager to a 10-pager, for example, which is a lot more work, then what I do is I have the grown-up conversation with the client. You know, this is, uh, and the way I usually put it, I I try to put a little humor on it. I say, Mr. Client, I quoted project A, and it has become project B, and I didn't quote project B, so I need to re-quote it, (laughs) because that's the way I really think of it. I think, uh, I, I think of the project as becoming a new project. If I quoted a a project that's a website for six pages, but it's become a 10-page project, I think of that as a new project. So I tell the client, I say, hey, this, is just, this has become a brand new project. <laughs> this has become a different project. I need, to, I need to quote on this project. And I always tell them, I said, I'll promise to be fair. You know, and I am fair when I re-quote the project. This hasn't happened that often uh, in my career, but it has happened. Gone back to the client, and I said, I'll need to re-quote, but I promise I'll be fair. And typically, the client's all right with it. You know, I've never had a client yet that has come back to me and say, hey, what are you doing? You know, um, not at all. Usually clients are also fair. So I hope that helps you when it comes to uh, scope creep. You got to watch out for it. It's best if you prevent it before it happens. But if it happens, don't be afraid to have that grown-up conversation with a client and let them know that this has become a new project and you need to re-quote it. So that's this week's B2B Writing Success. I hope you found it helpful. I'm Steve Sloanwhite, and I look forward to uh, chatting with you next week. We hope you enjoyed this edition of B2B Writing Success with Steve Sloanwhite. For more tips on building a thriving B2B writing business, visit www.b2britingsuccess.com.